Three, two, one, go. Guys, Happy New Year. Welcome to episode number 22 of the Audio Podcast. Uh, as always, I'm Jason Moncannell with my brother and co-host Alex Moncannell. Happy New Year to you, brother. Happy New Year. It is 9, 10 a.m. on the 1st of January, 2021. So the noughties have officially turned 21 years old. Now they can drink wherever they want. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Yeah. Except uh, Abu Dhabi. Saudi Arabia. You can't drink at all over there, is that? Correct. Yeah, right. Mm. I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure there's ways around it, right? Yeah, if you want to get your head chopped off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I've got to admit, I saw something on the way up. Now, for a start, I'm just going to say the traffic today, being New Year's Day, gave me a stiffy. It was the best. It was the best drive I've ever had to Brisbane. Yeah. I think I saw, like, no, no... Um, uh, what's it called? Exaggeration. Exaggeration, that's one. I reckon I saw 100 cars on the road, on the way up here. That's it. Did you see any RBTs? No. no I saw one. Oh, did you? Yeah, my way in, it was like people coming out of the city were getting uh, stopped. Like they closed right. the, like a whole like um, dual carriageway. Yeah, okay. And they were pulling everyone over. Yeah, interesting. Oh, well, it makes sense, right? Makes yeah. Perfect sense. Um, everyone should start the year off by losing their license. Yeah, yeah, that's a, yeah. That's a smart way to do it. Yeah. But I saw something on the way up, which I thought was um, was a beautiful uh, summary of the new year, which was there's a section of highway on northbound near Yatla, mm-hmm. which had recently been burnt because some dickhead flicked a cigarette butt out right. the window and the whole thing caught on fire and it was black. Yep. And I was driving up this morning... And all that scorched black earth has now got new growth coming through it because of all the rain and stuff we've had lately. So there's like beautiful green grass starting to grow through all this scorched black earth. And I reckon that's what 2021 is going to be. Well, I saw this, not to uh, not to ruin your beautiful sentiment there, but last week Tarsh and I drove up Tambourine Mountain on Tambourine Mountain Road. Mm-hmm. And that was the same deal. Apparently that had been backburned mm. and that looks beautiful. Yeah. Like there's like sort of obviously a black sort of charcoal uh, base mm-hmm. and then new, like really, really vibrant green grass coming through mm. and um, all the, all that fuel's gone. It yeah. really good. Yeah. 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 So it's nice. So um, yeah, New Year's Day. Obviously we spoke last week about New Year's resolutions. And yeah. I have to apologize. We did that ask about, so what I noticed all my YouTubers that I follow they did their what they're thankful for in 2020, mm-hmm. and then now they've done their what they want to do in 2021. Mm-hmm. It's because we're only new to this, and this is our first, uh, our first new year as a podcast. Mm. We did it the wrong way around. Now we're changing the game, man. We're changing the game because like I thought we did it the right way because a week ago we told everyone how to prepare for 2021, mm-hmm. so we gave them notice. Right? So you had a week's preparation time yes, to prepare for the new year. Yep. And also, there could have been a lot of stuff that happened in that week too. Yeah, that we true. could then be thankful for today. So we're actually changing the game. Yeah. Next level. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll cop that. I'll cop that. Well, that, that'll be our tradition from now on yeah. until we forget next year and then... Exactly right. So we'll change it next year completely. Um, did you do anything for, for New Year's last night? I just went to a friend's place for uh, like a... Uh, they had a bonfire, but the weather wasn't great. But it was really nice just... Pretty small group of friends, and yep. and it was chilled out. I think I was in bed by 
ten thirty at night, maybe eleven o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. fireworks, but Yeah, fair enough. What about you? Uh, well as much as I would have liked to be down <clears throat> at the discotheque driving to Venga Boys with the homies. <laughs> Uh, obviously having the little one, we just had a, another friend a couple of hours with their kids over in the afternoon, just went for a swim, had dinner, that was really, really nice, nice for the kids to have a play together, and then, yeah, they went home, and I think I was in bed at about 10.30 or 11 o'clock. Mm -hmm. I just got woken up by the fireworks uh, at 12 o'clock, because I think um, Movie World must have them on. Right. So I got woken up by the fireworks. But that's yeah, right. apparently they had fireworks in the, in the city, but I... I couldn't see them. Usually I can hear them because I'm pretty close to the river. Mm -hmm. But oh, I was probably asleep. Yeah. I sleep well. Yeah. I'm a good sleeper. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Professional sleeper. Uh, notice the, uh, we've got a lot of vibrant colours. A lot of colour. Today. Mm -hmm. This is my Christmas present. Because I'm the king of shit. It says the king of shit on it. Yeah. Uh, mine, I, I kind of think, represents, you know, party time. Party time. It is party time. Yeah. Well, it is definitely party time of the year, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Now, I want to talk about some of the things that have happened yes. uh, in the last week. Bitcoin hit a new all-time high. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I still feel like the media isn't talking about it. Yeah, yeah, I'll agree with that. Because I have, like, I don't normally watch the news that much, but I've literally flicked it on just to try to see if they're talking about it. They're not really yet. Yeah. It's, I think, total Bitcoin market capitalization when over 500 billion or something which makes it one of the like it overtook gold as a total asset class the right. value of it okay still no one's talking about it yeah, yeah now I was thinking because I did I did have sunrise on this morning mm. and they did this whole thing about home loans and they do things about credit cards do you think yeah. it's banking money behind it saying hey we're not going to do a repeat of 2017 we're not going to be talking about that stuff anymore oh 100% because they they don't want people to move away from like, yeah absolutely I'm wondering and, if that is a thing Okay, so this will this will be the tester. When you watch those shows, watch the ads. So if there are a lot of banking ads on and stuff. Well, there like, always is. It's always mm. so sunrise. I always find is is banking and insurance. Yeah. Ads, life insurance, especially which I don't like. Yeah, true. I don't like saying. Yeah. So yeah, it, it got to like it's nudged. I think there was one spike where it nudged thirty nine thousand Australian dollars. Right. But it's hovering around that 36 and a half, 37 mark. Mm -hmm. So a lot of sideways movement, which I'm not used to, like from the previous cycle. Um, but it's definitely going the right way. Now, on a downside of mm -hmm. crypto, and I noticed a couple of people had commented in previous posts of ours about XRP or, mm -hmm. or Ripple. Yeah. Now, just, just from a... You know this because I spoke to you yeah. the get-go. Just quick background, XRP was a cryptocurrency that was built by a banking, uh, like a bank, mm -hmm. and it was supposed to help uh, process bank payments. Right. I know people back when I first got into it, they were all over it. It's the third largest cryptocurrency by market cap mm -hmm. out of like, I don't know, 3,000 different, different ones. From the very get-go, as soon as I knew that it was done by banks, I'm out. Yeah. I'm not touching it. The whole reason why Bitcoin came to be is because of banking oversight mm -hmm. and government oversight. Yeah. So from a fundamental point of view, I've never touched it. Mm -hmm. Now it turns out they're going to court, I think it's in the end of January, 
because it looks like they've broken the rules. Right. So the SEC in America, uh, the Security Exchange Commission, mm-hmm. is taking them to court because basically most other cryptocurrencies, you have to perform some form of work to get rewarded in a crypto, crypto, i.e. you have to set up a, a mining rig mm-hmm. to process transactions, mm-hmm. and in return, you will get some of that currency. Yep. XRP just went, here's some here's some currency, buy it. Yeah, and so just like print to their own currency, yes, so to speak. Which is, you're allowed to do that, mm-hmm. but it's called a security. It's like what a company does when mm-hmm. they are uh, releasing shares to the market. Yeah. So if it's, a share, if it's a security, it needs to go through certain security, like SEC rules and regu- regulations. Mm. They never did any of that. So it looks like $1.9 billion worth of uh, worth of crypto is at stake here. Mm-hmm. And in very typical banking fashion, the investors are the ones that get, get hurt. Yeah, five. Yeah. I think five hundred million dollars worth of valuation has been lost in in, in that time, mm-hmm. and sure, trade traders, you trade at your own at your own will. Yeah, and uh, you know, there's a risk to everything, mm-hmm. but the people on the ground are getting hurt by yeah, it. Yeah, but and like the thing is, you also would trust. Well, you would hope to be able to trust a bank to be able to do something that you're investing in that's non-fraudulent. Exactly not. Like, like, like and, and see, that's what you just said is the perfect example of what we are led to believe. Mm. You assume that a bank has got your best interests at heart. Oh, they definitely And not. they do not. Yeah. The whole idea of Bitcoin is that it is trustless. Mm. It is irrefutable. It is permanent. It is yeah. recorded on the blockchain, which makes it inherently safe. Mm-hmm. That part is safe. Safe yeah. of manipulation, safe of regulations. It, no external factors can really affect. Yeah. And, and it re- removes the necessity to have an institution like a bank sitting there that we pay massive dollars to just to keep our money safe. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Like, and that's when, yeah, because obviously when you first started mentioning this stuff to me about XRP and like all these people getting on it, I was like... This is, this is such a perfect example of short-sightedness and greed by human beings. Yeah. Where the whole reason why anyone got into the cryptocurrency space in the beginning was to get away from the traditional banking model where they own everything and they're the like most pro- or some of the most profitable uh, businesses in every country that they're in. Mm-hmm. And yet. We were like, oh, but if we can make money out of it, let's let's just yeah. support them. Like it's yeah. So from a vote from, with your feet. You got to vote with your feet. Yeah. Stuff, especially at the beginning. At the beginning. Now look, it's we're fortunate in that. It's funny because I feel like the bank who's created XRP is guilty of so many people out there who um, have delved into the cryptocurrency space where they kind of just go, oh well, it's this new thing, so therefore it's not covered under normal laws. Yeah. And they yeah. just dive straight into it without actually doing the proper research. But surely they know. Well, you'd think so. And like you said, like realistically, it's their investors that suffer because they just create fake, well, a, a fake new currency and they put it out there and go, quick, buy into this thing. It's all the investors that are actually buying their money, like sending their money in to buy this fraudulent cryptocurrency. Yeah. It'd be really interesting to see. Um, keep, definitely keep us updated on... on developments from that case yeah, I just, I think I can, it's just so interesting I just can see no possible scenario where they can get out of this 
unscathed. It, to me, because it breaks some of those fundamental rules of what a currency is as opposed to what a security is, mm. it's a security. In my, in my view, it's a security. And we'll see. I think it's, a, I think it's the 24th or 25th of, of January, January yep. the court case is, but I'll, I'll keep you updated. So, yeah. But in terms of all, all, the, all the other ones, like I've got positions in maybe like the top five, mm-hmm. the top five cryptos, and it's, it's doing really well. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm enjoying the cycle uh, a lot. There's lots of Facebook groups and Telegram groups and YouTube videos I watch and yeah. and uh, it is very exciting and because it only comes around every sort of three years or so, I'll enjoy this cycle probably till January, February, mm-hmm. jump out of it, put it to sleep and, uh, you know, when it, when the beast reawakens in three, time, <laughs> in three years' time, I'll, I'll do it all again. I, if, if I could be bothered, I'd be so tempted just to cut in the clips from... Was it a month or two ago when we, we you kept telling people not to buy Bitcoin? Oh, and I'm glad I did. Yeah. I'm glad I did. Don't listen to me. <laughs> a friend of mine rang me the other day and he goes, he works at a he works at a Bentley dealership. Right. And he's like, I, a guy came in and he said he can buy a Bentley with the profits from Bitcoin over the last two months. And now he wants to get on it. And I'm just like, uh, this is how you do it, but don't do it. Mm. But at the same time, don't listen to me. Yeah, because I don't know. <laughs> well, that's something you got. You got to make your own own decisions, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it'll be re- actually. This is something I was going to ask you about too, um, and I'll get to it once I get around to it. But one of the things that I think is very interesting happening in the marketplace at the moment is the war between Apple and Facebook. Oh, yeah. And obviously, Facebook share price is through the roof. It'll be really interesting to see where that shifts when all of Apple's new iOS systems come through. So just to fill fill in the gaps, so there is a basically a privacy case going out at the moment. So Apple, Apple is probably more secure than just about any other of the telco companies out there. Yeah. And I want to say it's for nice reasons, but really it's just so they can keep it and they mm. do what they want with it, as yeah. opposed to giving access to apps mm. or selling marketing. Yeah. Now, Facebook's whole business model is on market. That's right. Selling advertising. Selling advertising. That is 100% of its business model. Mm-hmm. So there's a new iOS that's going to come out that's basically going to any any iOS user is not, like their data will not be shared. Yeah. Well, it can be, but it will ask you, that's right. So each application, it will ask you which data or whether or not you're allowed, you're happy to share any data. Because most people don't realize that Facebook doesn't just use the data that uh, you put into the Facebook platform. Facebook can actually track you when you leave the platform and go to different websites and that sort of thing mm-hmm. as well. Um, I know that recently there was that massive spat between uh, Facebook and Apple because Apple had updated the App Store to tell people what data each app actually uses yeah. and the Facebook list is a mile long. So, yeah, one of the things that like I'll find really interesting out of this and one thing I want to ask you is are you tempted to switch to Apple when this um, iOS system comes out? It's funny, I had, a, I had a conversation with a nerd friend of mine mm-hmm. yesterday and we talked about this exact, exact subject. I would like to enter the Apple ecosystem mm-hmm. except for the fact that they're still not doing it for the good of the users. They're doing it for the good of Apple. And yeah. the the user interface on Apple sucks compared to Android, in my opinion. Right. That, that the same keystrokes. So from, from yeah. a fundamental security standpoint, Apple is way better. Yeah. yeah. Way better. What I'm actually going to do, 
and I tried to do and I stuffed it up and I've got to wait a couple of days to try again, mm. I'm going to try and convert one of my old phones to a Linux mm-hmm. uh, operating system. So you're basically de-Google-fying or de-Androiding a, a device. Mm-hmm. Now, the main reason why I want to do it is not, not for security because uh, I, I use a lot of cloud services and I understand what data of mine is being harvested and my business is on Facebook as well. So. Yeah. I'm not doing it for those reasons. What I am doing is because I'm using like a three-generation old device, mm-hmm. which is too slow on Android now. Right. But apparently Linux is such a lightweight thing. I could basically revive this phone. Mm. And if I can get that down pat, I'd like to do it with some other devices so that we can keep using. Yeah. Like I'm doing it on Samsung Galaxy S8, which is, I think it's five years old or six years old. Unusable now. Right. Unusable. It's too slow. Yeah. Now, our parents could probably use it because mm. they got that kind of time. I ain't got that kind of time. Mm. So I'm going to try and do it like an experiment with Linux. But Linux has got uh, a lot of the Linux um, like operating systems mm-hmm. have really strict permissions because it's all open source. Right. It's no advertising. It's Build most of the programs are free, and if you want to donate, you donate because there's these communities building it. Yep. So it's an interesting, interesting uh, uh, ecosystem which I'm, I'm, I want to have a look into. Mm. So I'll keep you updated with that too, or I'll show what yeah. it's like. But apparently, it's super, super fast. Yeah. So to answer your question, no, I won't jump onto Apple because of that, mm-hmm. because there are other alternatives that are doing it for the right reasons. So this is this is where my yeah this is my next question that mm-hmm. leads off from that because. I can't remember who I was talking to recently, but I had a very, very similar scenario where, so you've said you you agree with what Apple is doing, but you don't feel that they're doing it for the good of their customers. They're doing it for the good of Apple. Sorry, yeah. no, they, they are looking after their customers for mm-hmm. sure because they're, the it makes it a far more fluid experience for the user, mm-hmm. which is what Apple's whole mantra is. Yeah. And I, I respect that. Yeah. But it's, they're not necessarily being altruistic in it. It's not like they're not really doing it to protect you. They're trying to do it because they want to make their devices better, slicker, and smoother so they can sell you more and they can bring you into that Apple ecosystem, which yeah. is now bigger than it's ever been. Now yeah. that's got streaming services. And in fairness to them, like that is so that is the key difference between obviously, like I like was saying, Facebook's business model and Apple's business model mm. is Facebook is all around advertising and using your data to give you targeted ads, which mm-hmm. they can then sell to advertisers for more money because they get a better result out mm-hmm. of it. Apple's business model is about getting people to buy their products. Products and services, yeah. That's right. And obviously, people wouldn't buy their products if they didn't see the value in their products. Sure. So they actually produce something that they give to the people for the money. Yes. Right? Yes. Um, and yeah, so I, I had this debate the other day and it was like... Uh, I think some people get a twisted view on like profit being a dirty word. Mm. So, uh, and this happens so often where, because we live in this obviously outrage culture now where it's like someone can't do a nice thing for someone else if they're going to benefit out of it as well. Yeah. You know, like um, you can't, you can't, uh, I don't know, start a, a charity, but then have that charity pay your wage. Yeah. Because then it's like, oh, you're just doing it to get yourself paid. It's like, no, I'm actually doing it to try to help all these other people, but I live at the same time. Yeah. Right? Like, it's just it's just an interesting thing. Um, well, to, to expand on that, I've had people, you know, we've talked about this value for value model, and I, I've always been big on pay for the value that you mm. see value in. 
and we've had discussions on the air and off the air about this type of thing. Mm-hmm. And I've had people accuse me of being anti-capitalist when I say that I don't necessarily think these massive companies should profit from it when I think that you could get some, give some direct value to someone that you value. Yeah. So the beauty of that Linux thing that I was saying, Linux is like an open source community. Mm-hmm. So anyone's got access to the code. If anyone wants to build something, they can build it. Mm-hmm. Now, if you see benefit in it, you give some money. Mm. And I'll give you, give you an example. Being on the internet, it's global. Yeah. So one individual could build an iOS system that, that, that works for them and that they think is sexy. They could put it on there and they might get 2 million people mm-hmm. that, that downloaded it. Well, if, you know, 1% or 2% gave money, mm-hmm. like which is a very low, yeah. a very low sum, that person's made more money than they would have made if mm. they were working for one of the big companies creating that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in a way, I'm not being anti-capitalist. I'm being pro-individual capitalist. Mm. So make your money for you. Yeah. Not make money for for a company. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I don't mind these massive companies getting getting sort of broken up at the mm. moment because they are stifling innovation. Yeah, like there's, you know, there's a difference between. Um, like, you know, in, in a capitalist society, there are supposed to be laws against monopolies. Hmm. These are these companies are monopolies. Like, well, that's, that's apparently where Facebook's going to come unstuck because it's not illegal for them to... So there's a court case going on where uh, I think it, the European government's trying to get Facebook to sell WhatsApp and Instagram, and Instagram because mm-hmm. it's created a monopoly. And I listened to a podcast about this case... And they were, everything was, they did the right thing. They went and asked the uh, the governing bodies in advance if the deal was okay. Everyone said, yes, it's sweet. It wasn't until after someone's gone in and reinvestigated it, and there's basically one email that could get them unstuck. Right. It's not illegal for you to buy your opposition. Right. It's not illegal to, build, uh, to buy uh, complementary uh, uh, companies yeah, that, yeah. yeah but there's an email that was sent from Mark Zuckerberg mm. that basically said, if we take over Instagram, then there is not, no one will have the user base that we will, there will be no competition. Right. And that breaks the anti-competition mm. laws. So so they may be... They may Who be, did he send the email to? Just an internal, it was right. an in, in, internal thing. But... Yeah, so so, uh, I don't agree with. Mm. Sorry, another thing that they did wrong was when they bought WhatsApp. The deal was, you can have WhatsApp, and I think they paid eighteen billion dollars mm. for it, but you're not allowed to use that customer data for your Facebook marketing. Mm. They waited two months and just did it anyway. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so so. It's a bit... It's also, like, the thing I find really funny about that, and sorry to cut you off, um, but towards the beginning of the story when you were like, you know, they did all the right things and they went and they asked, mm. you know, the uh, people in charge if mm. it's okay, these people have no idea what they're talking about in the online space. That's the biggest problem. Yeah. That's the biggest problem. We've, you, you've, you've got, got people in their 50s and 60s who, like, never use the internet more than having emails uh-huh. on, a, on a government server like that are making decisions about the world's internet usage and they've got no idea what they're talking about. 
It's a real problem. It's massive. It's a real problem. And unfortunately, these big, these massive organisations are, are taking take advantage of it. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it's, I mean, it's... And you'd be crazy not to. You oh, see an opportunity as a business, you yeah, yeah. be opportunistic if something comes up. That's right. You're going to exploit it. You know, you're going to, you're going to pay all the best lawyers in the, in, in the world the top yeah. most amount of money and you're going to bend the will of governments to, to work towards you. That's mm. normal. That's a normal but, thing to happen. Yeah, like like the most recent example... Can you open that tool? Yeah, sure. Um, the most recent example of um, competitive conduct and trying to do things the right way that I can remember is the uh, recent uh, APA Gears AHG merger. Because remember when that was all going down and, and um, like the amount of dealerships, so obviously two big companies turning into one big company, but the amount of dealerships in different regions that either of the companies actually had to sell yeah. off for the ACCC to sign off on the deal yeah. because they needed to make sure that this company wasn't going to create a monopoly. Yeah. Um, and that was massive. Like you're talking, you know, hundreds of dealerships Australia wide that all had to ship around yeah. and you know just just to make this deal happen. And yet these tech giants are just kind of left unchecked because people don't understand what they're legislating. Yeah, exactly. They ha- they have no, they don't see it as tangible. They don't see data as a tangible thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and it's definitely a landscape that they're under equipped. Mm. you know to handle yeah and we will all suffer for it in the end but so again we i always i'm always a solutions guy mm-hmm. so what's the solutions i would say the solution is again look at some decentralization yeah so one of my new things that i added to my list after we spoke mm-hmm. uh, for 2021 is to protect my business, mm-hmm. I need to figure out another way besides Facebook yeah. and probably some of the, like maybe even carsales.com or I need to think of some other areas that I can market my vehicles to protect myself just in case something yeah. something happens. So what I would say, the answer to this or what we can all do, the, the part that we can play is in a way to decentralize some of our activities, mm-hmm. i.e., uh, um, the Linux thing's a perfect example. Don't give you, you're not giving your data to Google. Mm-hmm. You're keeping your data for yourself. Um, uh, using some of the non-massive company-owned streaming services, and there's hundreds of streaming services mm-hmm. out there. Uh, I, I don't know if you... Did you hear that there was a company called Crunchyroll, which is the largest um, anime... Oh, yep, yep. Yeah, it got sold to... Oh, who bought it? I can't remember. It, but it was like two or three billion dollars. Wow. So as as the individual, what we can do is try to add value to the little people mm. that are having a crack. And what I would ask, all I would ask the little people to do is provide value for your client. So that's something that I do in myself, like in my everyday practice... What you're going to get when you buy a car through Auto Bros compared to anywhere else is you're going to get an extremely high level of service, mm-hmm. and I'm going to apply my experience to help my clients. Yep. And I would wish that upon anyone that's out there that wants to have a crack in the market, if you're providing real value for your clients, mm. you will succeed. Yeah. yeah. But I just wanted to encourage people out there to give a little to help. And the, the example I use... And um, 
So I had a content creator, Chris Harris, that mm-hmm. I really, really liked. I've been watching for years and years and years. He used to do these great videos on YouTube, right? Car videos. Mm-hmm. Expensive to make. Very high production costs. Yeah. And there was a point where he goes, I can't continue to do this anymore. I don't think YouTube was paying enough money at the time. And um, there was no network money. Mm-hmm. So he went on to Patreon. So for those uninitiated, Patreon is basically a site where you can direct, give direct value to a creator that you like and, and consume the content through that, through that service. So he went on there and I just gave, I think it was only like $4 a month or something. I was, I was happy to pay $4 a month and he continued to, to be able to make those videos because he probably had like a million followers. Yeah. And then, you know, again, if only, if only a very small percentage give, mm-hmm. then it makes it worthwhile. Yeah. Now, the beauty of it was he made such high quality content after he got a job at Top Gear. Right. When he got the job at Top Gear, he went back and gave everyone's money back. Wow. So he gave me anything that I'd given him, and I probably I was probably giving him like four dollars a month for, I don't know, twelve months, maybe fifteen months or something like that. Yeah. And he just sent a note out to all of us. Thank you so much. You know, you 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 got us by. It was him and um his, like uh, producer. Producer. Or, yeah. yeah. And to thank you, like I've got this job. I'm getting paid really really good money now. I'm to pay it all back. Now again, could he have done it without Top Gear? Yes. It was a constant. It was a dream of his. Mm-hmm. Good on him. So what I'm saying is we decentralized our thinking. Mm. If we gave direct value to people that we saw value in, those like more opportunities will arise. And I think, direct capitalism, I want to call it. Yeah, and I think the, the big key is it's um, economies of scale. So this is this is probably the thing that people need to wrap their heads around. Like so if you have a Netflix subscription, it's what, fourteen dollars a month or mm. something like that. Um, a lot of people have a mobile phone and they'll pay $50, $100 a month for a mobile phone and internet plan. Um, it's, it's their big dollar amounts. Mm. But if you find yourself going to the same content like day in, day out, week in, week out, yep. which is free to you because someone is a content creator, and I'm not saying like us, but maybe. Yeah. Um, but obviously creating content costs money. Like, sure. and, and obviously what, what we're doing here, it, we're doing them on the cheap, but look, yeah. we've invested in mics, we've invested in laptops, like, yeah. you know, you've got a phone that we use specifically for this, yeah. um, and that costs a little bit of money. But the thing is, if you want to do that sort of value system, it might be that you give 50 cents a month as a subscription to yeah. someone that is, that creates content that you're interested in. Yeah. But again, if their following builds up because the, the content is such good quality that pe- it resonates with people, if you have a million followers and out of all those people, you know, 20,000 of them give 50 cents a month, that becomes a decent livable wage that that person can, yeah, can live off, right? Yeah. So it doesn't And bypassing a massive corporation that all they're going to yeah. do is capitalize on it for themselves. It, it's, it's, the, it's kind of like the online equivalent of you doing what you did this year. So you used to do... Last year. Sorry, last year. That's right. It's so last year. Yeah. Um, but you used to work day in, day out doing the same things mm. that you do now, but you did it for the, the aid of a massive company and mm. the head honchos who sit at the top of that. Now you've gone out and you do it yourself and people pay you directly for yeah. your efforts. It's the same thing. Yep. So obviously we're, we're on YouTube and obviously down the track YouTube can, you can monetize it, right? Yep. And they can give you advertising revenue and stuff like that. Um, if we got to a point where our following got big enough to do that, I would probably prefer to 
do the value for value model, still keep it free, advertising free, and have people be able to contribute these small amounts. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, we'd probably make more and the users have a better experience. So I want to I want to say that I hate it. I don't like it how we talk about the free model. Yeah. When it's an advertising model, it ain't free. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what people need to understand. Although Facebook does not mm. tap your credit card, think about how much useless shit you've bought or how much time you've consumed viewing ads. Mm. Think about now when you watch network TV. Yeah. How how frustrated do you get when the ads come on? Mm. But you're doing it on social media. Yeah. So a lot of people that went from network TV to cable TV, mm-hmm. that was a massive benefit. You're not getting that those, yeah. those ads. Well, that's the same on the internet. Yeah. What well, what drives me mental too is is what we spoke about a while ago is the drip feeding thing. So I've still got cable TV. Now I get it cheap, but I've still got cable TV because I love watching live sports. Now the whole point of cable TV is you pay for it, so you don't get advertising, mm. mate. I'm watching like an NBA game and they've got so many stoppages and they go straight to ad breaks and they play the same ads over and over again yeah. and it drives me mental. You know what? Like I'm, I'm paying for your, your service. How about when there's a timeout, the commentators talk to me about stuff yeah. that's happening during the yeah. game. Why, do, why am I like getting ads now? See, so Formula One does, does that so well. They do... So on a, on a Formula One weekend, well, on the Sunday, for example... It's so sorry. A Formula One weekend's four days: mm-hmm. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Free practice uh, Thursday, free practice two Friday, free practice three, and qualifying on Saturday and the race on Sunday. Mm-hmm. On Saturday and Sunday, there's five hours of telecast. Yeah, and they don't do ads. Yeah, because it's a paid for service, mm-hmm. and they'll have multiple different commentators in multiple different areas covering yeah. multiple different things. And when when they have run out of content, they'll flick to a back to the uh, the station. Yep. And then they'll talk about a technical analysis. Mm. You know, the, the and that I think is that's how it should that's be done. That's be. that's how NBA should be done. Because that's there's right. so much stuff you could break down. So many oh, replays yeah, you could absolutely. Break down. And I just feel like, you know, obviously it's money is what drives all of it. Mm. But um, it just, yeah, I, like if I could go somewhere else to pay for a service where I get analysis and stuff during the stoppages, I would, I would do that. I have a crazy idea. So, so I have not developed this idea at all, but I'm a motorsport fan mm-hmm. and I understand it's a very expensive sport to get into. Mm-hmm. And the biggest problem with it is that there's no, there's no advertising revenue for, uh, developing series because they're not on TV. Yeah. So what if you started a, like I, I thought of a one-make race series, mm. an entry-level one-make race series. Kia Serato race series? Could be, could be. Uh, not at the prices they are at the moment, but when, when the price <laughs> is normalised. But each car is mandated to have cameras front, rear, inside, mm-hmm. outside, and everything's filmed all the time. Yeah. And then that's broadcast on the on, on the internet, and all you need is a well. You might not even need a producer because the user could Can then access whatever which, they want. Which driver's camera they're watching? And yeah, yeah, yeah. And I also think it'd be a great way to get talent out there because I worry that there's lots of people out there with heat, like a vast amount of talent that never get to showcase it. Mm-hmm. Well, what if they could showcase it, and what if the whole world could see it? Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like that's a bit of a decentralized way to help grassroots 
Um, now, it'll take a, a massive amount of initial investment mm-hmm. to build to build that infrastructure, set up a series and blah, blah, blah. But I think there's some merit in something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and where you don't, you're not selling the rights to someone, you're just opening it up and, and let that direct value-for-value value model sort yeah. of take flight. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's... It, there, there, there are things that we can do, and, and in twenty twenty one, I think, I think we should be more aware. Oh, sorry, um, what did actually, you want to say? Sorry, one point before you move on. This is a question. If you give to, so let's say that, um, like Wikipedia, for example, every time you jump on Wikipedia, they're asking for money. And please do give money. I just gave some yeah. a, a couple of weeks ago. Is that tax deductible as a donation? I think. Ooh, you'll have to check. I think that is, but mm. not a direct content. See, uh, see okay, so so I think a paid subscription is not. Yeah, but if you're but a donation donating is, to a service, surely that'd be tax deductible. Right? Might be as long as it's a not for profit. I think. Mm. See, like if you donate to us, it's not tax deductible because yeah. it's for profit. Yeah, yeah. But if you donated to Wikipedia, which is a not not for profit, yeah, then yeah, probably, should be tax probably, yeah. So consider that as well. So the other thing I wanted to say too is when we're talking about direct for. Di- uh, uh, the subscriptions and things, mm-hmm. I'm surprised how few people have YouTube subscriptions. Mm-hmm. You don't pay for YouTube, do you? Mm-hmm. So I'm considering it though, because I my YouTube consumption has gone up considerably in the last month. Well, this is what I want to say. If you broke down the numbers, mm-hmm. you have a Netflix subscri- subscription? Yep. Okay. The amount of content on Netflix compared to YouTube... Yeah, pals and comparison. You said this the other day and it really made me think. It's on another level. And the other thing is you can't watch 15 minutes worth of Netflix. There's no 15-minute Netflix show. Mm. But there's 15-minute ones on YouTube. I think you've got rocks in your head if you don't have a YouTube subscription. And if you're paying for Spotify, well, if you have a YouTube subscription, you get YouTube Music, Mm -hmm. which is the same library. Yeah. No Joe Rogan. Same library. 20-minute clips of the Rogans. Um... So you're getting two for one. Mm. Now, the other benefits of, of the YouTube premium is that when you, like, you could have watched our podcast in your car because you have it streaming through and you can turn the screen off. Yeah. Whereas yeah. if you're an unpaid member, when you turn the screen off, it blanks out. Mm-hmm. But I think my YouTube subscription is a little cheaper than my Netflix one. Yeah. Yeah. Unlimited music. No ads. No ads in YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a beautiful thing. And I just think from a, from a value point of view, you can't beat that. Mm. You can't beat that. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's definitely something that... Um, and I've contradicted myself too because I said, take it away from the big companies and put it into the biggest. <laughs> <laughs> but from a value pro- proposition, yeah. there's more value there. And in a way, you're, doing, you're helping smaller communities mm. um, out by investing in grassroots, like the RDO podcast, you know, we're... we're as small as it gets, mm-hmm. uh, but you'd help our viewership. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to helping a blockbuster Hollywood movie. Mm. Yeah, look, it's interesting things to consider. And again, I think this just ties into everything that we've been talking about, which is like, it's not all just about moving away from big institutions. It's about changing our institutionalized thinking. Mm. Because we've been indoctrinated into this stuff since we were kids. Um, the Dolomites program in primary schools. Mm. Like, uh, I don't know if, if any of you guys out there remember it or even think about it, but 
Um, I can still remember when I was in primary school, and I'm pretty sure they still do this in certain schools now. When I was in primary school, um, they had the Dolomites program, which was something set up by Commonwealth Bank to go into primary schools and to teach kids about saving. Now, Banking. Well, banking, that's right. Now, the whole point of it at the beginning, like the way that it looked, and again, this probably comes down to the, um, you know, making it look like you're doing something to benefit your customers and yet sure. you're doing it to benefit yourself. Um, the whole point of this program for, for the bank was to have the kids leaving school with a Commonwealth Bank account set up so that they stay in the Commonwealth Banking system forever. That's the whole point. Um, they have a 65% success rate with that too. Yeah. 65% of people that have had a Dolomite account would, uh, would uh, when they've left school, have still have CBA. Yeah. So again, really, really smart marketing. But again, this is institutionalized thinking. Mm. And, uh, and I guess like we as human beings, we have a bias towards big companies because we think big companies are safe places to, to uh, transact, with. transact with because... They wouldn't get that big if they're doing the wrong thing, mm. but I think a lot of times it's on the contrary. I think they get that big by doing the wrong thing because they make the risky decisions, like creating your own cryptocurrency mm. and you know, like potentially going to court over billions of dollars uh, that other people just wouldn't make because they're like, I know me personally, I will before making a decision on something, I will scour through the possibilities and go, oh, is this ethically wrong? Like, I probably shouldn't do it. Yeah. Um, whereas, again, a lot of business people get far ahead by going, is this ethically wrong? Well, yeah, but could I get out of it on a technicality? Yes. All right, cool. I'm going to yeah. do it. I'm going to take the money. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so, we should probably actually talk about the point of this podcast Yeah. As well. Sorry about that rant. That's all right. I get on there sometimes. That's okay. Um, so, like you said at the beginning, uh, last week we spoke about how to prepare for, for 2021. Uh, this week, we want to speak about what benefits and what things we're thankful for mm. that we got out of 2020. Because by all accounts, most people... Well, you know what? I'm actually going to check myself on this. At the beginning of the year, or even for the first six months, everyone was just talking about how 2020 sucked and how it was a terrible year. And we had all these things. Because it wasn't just COVID. Like, you got to remember right back at the start of the year, like, Australia was on fire yep. <laughs> at the beginning of the year. Um, then we had the floods, yep. obviously, that came afterwards. Weren't, weren't quick enough to put the fires out. Yeah, recession. Came- Yep, we had a recession. Obviously, you had you had COVID, and again, if you look at the states at all, obviously, what our government's done to help us during COVID compared to what's happened over there and a lot of other places overseas, I think they've done an amazing yep. job. Agreed. Um, you know, we we were extremely fortunate to live in Australia. I think it is yep. the best country in the world for many many reasons, yep. and this is one of them. Um, because, yeah, not to get too much into it, but obviously we've got things like free healthcare as well, which a lot of people in the states lost their jobs and they lost their healthcare along with it yeah. because it's tied to your work and all that sort of stuff. But, um, like, there was a lot of things, a lot of negativity that happened last year. But I think there's so much good that came out of it as well. Well, on a whole, and I was talking to someone at the um, New Year's party last night mm. and she said the same thing. She goes, like, we're all like, you know... Good riddance to 2020. And then she looks up, she goes, oh, I had a baby. So did you. Yep. Actually, there's a lot to be thankful for. Mm. And if I would say anything, the media really probably gains more legs than it's ever had because mm. of, you know, a pandemic oh, really helped. 100%. And yeah, that, that's the, the biggest problem with mass traditional media is 
they they gained they would have made so much money out of last year and it was the easiest content they could have ever come up with like if you went back to 2019 um all these companies were crying out because they had no content yeah. because everyone was just going online to get their content. Um, but last year, it was just like, oh, we got nothing to talk about. Oh, let's talk about COVID. Yeah. You know? So, okay, what, what what was the highlight for you? So, look, obviously, number one highlight for me was my son. Yeah. So, um, born on the 26th of January last year. So, he's almost one now. Uh, so, born on Australia Day. So, the lucky kid gets a day off every, every year for his birthday. Um, that to me was a shining light, but the benefits that I got out of COVID was, um, cause I think I've told the story before, but we had never heard about Corona or COVID until we were in the hospital after Nate was born. Cause we were in there for a few days mm-hmm. afterwards and Amanda's sister actually messaged us going, don't touch anything on your way out because the first case of Corona was, um, at the Gold Coast hospital. So... That was the first we'd heard of it. Now, after that, I had already planned to have three weeks off. And then when I actually returned to work, uh, because COVID had been kicked off, we were down to half hours. So whilst, again, the initial thing is like, oh, that's less money and, you know, that's a big negative. I was so stoked to be able to have this extra time at home, especially during those early mm. times, because... You know, my, my wife Nat and I had, well, Amanda had a little bit because of friends. I had zero experience with kids. So to be able to actually be at home way more than I've ever been at home before yeah. um, in the last 10 years was a massive blessing for, for, for me sure. and my family. Um, and it also opened my eyes to some things. Like it put a lot of the world in perspective for me. And I think it really helped me make the decision to leave employment when I did yeah um which again I think has been a, a massive boon for our family as well yeah um so yeah that that would be my main thing is obviously my son but a massive uh shot of perspective yeah. on the world which I gained last year so I'm the same I, I had the same basically in the same boat minus the kid well you created your baby yeah yeah and auto bros will never look back mm-hmm. But also, it made me really think about connections with friends and yeah. family, mm-hmm. and how how important it is to make that phone call, to stop off, to give someone a hug, you know. Yeah. And and as poxy as it sounds, my life is far more enriched now mm-hmm. that I can have those connections with friends and family yeah. that I couldn't have before, you know when you're working six days a week and you're doing 60 hours and, and you know, you don't go to that dinner party or yeah. you, or you, you, you don't, uh, you don't go see your folks cause you're just too tired and not being able to help someone out mm-hmm. with something. That's actually not a nice way to live. No, like I, I remember actually using this word track a lot back when I was in that system, which was I spend 60 hours a week talking to people I don't really know about things I don't really care about for a living. I don't really want to do that in my time off. Yeah. So I didn't want to go to that dinner party and make small talk with my friends and stuff like that. Yeah. And then you look back and then you go, that, that's so ridiculous. Yeah. Like, you know, there's the whole living to work or working to live 
type thing. Yeah. And obviously that lifestyle was living to work because I was putting all my efforts into that and neglecting everything else. Yeah. Um, so, so that connection thing I think was r- really, really important. Uh, obviously, yeah, my business that that was a massive highlight for me, and just seeing the other the other side of things and re- realizing, mm-hmm. you know, that there's there's really good money to be made in in a far more effective and smarter way yeah. to do it. But also just giving my brain the space to think about other things like this podcast, mm-hmm. like investment portfolios, like my relationships, having the brain space to comprehend other things mm. is super, super refreshing. And I'll look back on 2020 as one of the most formative years of my life. Yeah, yeah. And, and in a good way. I feel like um, for us, and there's probably a lot of you out there that agree as well, I feel like last year was that year which gave everyone the realisations that you normally only get on your deathbed. And you yeah. go, I've got all these regrets. I wish I could go back and spend more time with fam- friends and family. Yeah. And, you know, I wish I could, like, uh, I wish I spent less time working because, you know, no one's going to miss the amount of time. Like, no one's going to look back on the life and go, I wish I worked more. Yeah. Um, I feel like we've all had those realizations, but well in advance. So I guess the key to it is obviously harnessing those things, learning from them and applying them. To, to make sure that when you do get to your deathbed, you look back and you go, no regrets. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you should, yeah, you should have a think about those those things. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm extremely thankful for 2020. Mm. And I know it's been very, very tough on some people, but if you're only, if you're looking at all the bad stuff, you're yeah. going to feel bad. 100%. But if you're looking for the good stuff, you'll realise there's a lot of good. Yeah. And yeah. you actually need to do this exercise. This yeah. is not, this stuff does not happen automatically. Mm. And I've had conversations with the people and they're like, oh, shit, and this sucked. And I'm like, yeah, but what about X, Y, and Z? And they go, oh, yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. But if you don't do, if you don't put your brain through that exercise, you won't, you won't see it. And the reason why I wanted to talk about this is because I told you that I watched one of my other YouTube guys. Mm. He's had a shocker and he, I've been following him for three or four years now. Mm-hmm. And he did this, like, end-of-year talk, and he was so down. He's in the UK. They're yeah. on lockdown. He's broken his back, lost a relationship, and right. all this bad stuff. And he was draining, and he was draining his co-host. Mm. And I, I, I'm like, that's a state of mind. Yeah. That yeah. is simply a state of mind. Yeah. And, and it's easy to say, mm. but it's, once you practice this mindset... Yeah. It's easy. You do have to practice it because it's it's like a neural pathway thing. Yeah. And again, like we, we speak about this all the time. Like human beings, we are biased to look at negative stuff. Mm. We, we were all born with it. So there's nothing against anyone who's looking at the negatives of this year. Like we're designed to do that because it's a survival mechanism. We actively look for the things that can harm us. Yeah. But the problem is when we focus on that and when our... TVs are filled with it because that's all the media can talk about because they make money off it. And when our social media is filled with it because they make money out of it. Like, uh, all these factors working against you. That's right. Like, it, it, it and can the be tip, There's heaps of people at the pity party. Oh, yeah. You, you'll, you'll be in great company at the pity party. Yeah. Look, I've, I've, I've been a member of the pity party many times in my life. Yeah. Like, many, many times. And uh, for, for when things which are way lesser than what's happened in 2020... Have happened to me. I've been become a member of the pity party because I chose to look at all the negatives. Yes. Um, but you're right. It is a it's a neural pathway that you need to work on every single day. And just you know, just the simple things of 
getting up in the morning and going, all right, well, what am I thankful for today? Yeah. Can actually help you move. Like, it sounds hokey. It, like, they call it gratitude practice. Like, yeah. But it's literally just looking at the bright side of life. You know, and when you have a scenario that comes up in your life and, like, there is always going to be a positive way to look at it and a negative way to look at it. Um, I think it's so important. And that's the biggest thing that I learned out of 2020, I reckon. I... And I'm thankful for that. Mm. You know, I, I, I think that's such a powerful tool Mm -hmm. because your mind is everything you know and and it was a bit of a reset Hmm. and i'm extremely thankful for 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 what that's going to do yeah yeah um one thing i want to bring up as well too because um it sort of ties into people's thinking is you had a situation that you told me about um in regards was an accident or a breakdown car crash Car crash. Yeah, yeah. So right, I want you to tell the story from the beginning, and then we want I want to discuss this briefly before we what, finish up. What day was it? It was Christmas Eve, I think. Mm-hmm. And all I wanted for breakfast was a bagel. Yeah. Went to our went to a bakery. Shut. Another bakery. Shut. Yeah. Google search. There's a bagel place uh, in West End. I'm like, okay, we're going to the bagel place. Mm-hmm. I want a bagel. So Tasha and I are driving through to Wong, and I'm one car behind, like there's red light, and I'm one car behind uh, the car at the line, mm-hmm. and I'm like, why is nobody moving? And I realise there's a car crash that's just happened in, in, in front. I didn't see the car crash, I didn't hear it, I've just driven up on it. Yeah. And I'm looking around, and I'm like, oh, like, uh, where are the people? Are they still in the car? Have they gone? And I'm like, how come no one's there? No one's, mm. like, it's empty, but this looks fresh, I can hear a horn going off. I can see smoke coming out. I'm like, I'm getting out. So I, I, I chuck the car and park. Just left the car where it was, put the hazard lights on. Tasha mm-hmm. stayed in the car. I'll get out. Walked up. The people still inside the car. Yeah. So got, got them out. One guy, the, there was a guy and a young girl. Mm-hmm. And the guy was shaken, mm-hmm. but he was okay. I checked in. Are you all right? Is, 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 is your neck okay? He was on the phone. I think he was calling the police or something. Like, has anyone called an ambulance? Mm-hmm. Two girls, like a mother and daughter had come over. There's people everywhere, but no yeah. one's actually come to help these people. So the two girls, I, I said, do you want you check if she's okay? Mm-hmm. So the two girls go and check if she's okay. I, I open the bonnet of the, uh, one of the cars that's got the horn going off, I rip the battery terminal off. I turn the other cars off because they're, they're leaking fluid everywhere, right? right? And they left the ignitions on, so I left that off. Anyway, still, I'm like, has anyone called an ambulance? Yeah. No one. One of the, the, um, uh, one of the ladies came to help. She did. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that that's covered. And then I'm like, okay, let's move to a shady spot off the road because we're still in the middle of this intersection. Right. So let, let's move over. There are cars literally inching their way through the rubble, mm-hmm. right, whilst this yeah. accident had just happened. Yeah. And like, li- like almost running us over, mm-hmm. so oblivious to, to, to what's happened. So it moved us over to the uh, to the a shady spot. The girl, the young girl, is not talking. Right. She's okay, but she's not. She's not talking. Obviously rattled. Yeah. I think she was at fault. I think she'd run a red light. Right. And turned and, and, and crashed. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, but they're just cars. Everyone makes a mistake. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone was o- o- okay. Um, now my car is still parked in the middle of the intersection mm-hmm. with the hazard lights on. The fireys come first, like the, it's probably five minutes and, and they're here and they're laying down all this stuff. 
So Tasha's now jumped into the driver's seat of the car and, and goes, uh, uh, Fiery comes up and says, are you okay? And she goes, yeah, yeah, look, my partner's out there helping. And um, and she goes, do you want me to move? And he goes, no, no, stay there. That actually helps because it kind of parted the, uh, yeah, the traffic. traffic. Still people honking, mm. like honking, like what, you know. And um, it just took a little bit of, you know, I made sure that they had their driver's licenses exchanged and that they'd, go, like, grabbed a couple of photos. Just some little things that yeah. um, you should do that, in these situations. That need to be done that if you don't have a clear head, which clearly both parties wouldn't have, yeah, probably yeah. would not think to do at the time. Like, oh, the guy was, he was shaking and he was talking to, I, I think it was the police... And when we went over into the shade, he's like, oh, and he started walking out. I literally had to grab his shirt because he walked right in the push bike lane and right. push bike was just coming through. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and like, uh, but just, I, don't know, I, I probably coordinated some of the stuff just to make sure that all the check boxes got filled out. But I was really surprised that no one else had done that. Mm. Um, and, and I've got to give credit to the, the, the two ladies that they were really the first ones, the yep, first ones there. First on the scene. And, and stayed and, and helped and made sure that, that that girl was okay. But it, it was a little bit disappointing. I, I thought there would have been more mm. sort of action. So so this, there's some really interesting psychological stuff that I wanted to unpack from this. Because mm. you told me the story a few days ago. And the first thing is, like, your surprise at the inaction of people is actually kind of not founded because it's a psychological phenomenon which I did have to look up. Now, they call it the bystander effect. Mm-hmm. And essentially, what it what it shows is that when, when there's a crisis or when there's an emergency or something that needs to happen, the more people that are present at that emergency, the less likely us as human beings are to do anything. Right. Because there's a, a um, thing they call the diffusion of responsibility. So what that means is if I, like, say you're on the scene... And, or let's say that you didn't show up on the scene, but someone else did. It was in the middle of the night, two car accident, there's only one car there. That person in that car is far more likely to do something because they can't see anyone else around that can help. The onus is on. The they onus know is on that you. the onus is on. That's right. Yeah. Whereas when you've got stacks of people around and all these cars trying to drive around and people on the side of the road, every mm. single person goes, oh, I'm sure one of these other people is going to help. So I don't need to. Well, I had that experience because I'm like, who's like, and I'm sort of talking at the the people looking. There's yeah. a, there's people everywhere. It's right in the middle of the city. Yeah. There's people everywhere, and I'm like, who's called the police? Have you called the police? Mm-hmm. And it, and because someone had their phone, they're like, no, like I think yeah. uh, talking to their mum or something. Mm. And then one of the girls says, I will. And yeah. then I checked in a bit, like, have you spoken to the police? Yeah, I'm on the phone now. Like, yeah, it. It's interesting. I'd never thought of that because mm. there's people everywhere, and yeah, so everyone's kind of brushed any responsibility yeah, off on someone. Yeah, and it happens all the time. And it like you see this stuff with I don't know people who get mugged in the street when there's stacks of people around, and everyone just stands around and does nothing. Mm. Um, you know, you see it with like I don't know people who get injured on a sporting field or, or whatever it is. Like as human beings, we just think, oh. If there's other people around, I'm sure one of those people is more qualified than me, therefore they're going to do something about it. So one of the things I wanted to say is, if you see a crisis, be that person. Yeah. Because I wanted to give you big ups for doing what you did. Because I would say 95% of people wouldn't have stopped their car in the middle of the intersection yeah. and gotten out to go and help someone else. Yeah. And that's, I reckon that's real numbers. 
So number one, mad props for actually Thank doing you. it and actually doing something. Yeah. Because I mean, you would have seen, like you said, people were literally driving through the rubble or beeping the horn at you because you, you know, you're in the way. Yeah, you inconvenience them their day by five seconds. I wasn't getting a bagel. I was yeah. I was bagel. Did you end up ever, like getting the bagel? I got three bagels. Nice, and that was delicious. Did you Did you tell your hero story to get a free bagel? No, because the line was too long. I'm yeah. so hungry. <laughs> um, but look, that that's number one. So mad props for actually doing what you did. Number two, the lesson out of this for people is if you see something, do something. Yeah. And I don't mean like say you see someone getting mugged in the street, go and get involved. Call the police. Yeah. Right? Do Go through the right channels. I, I had a, a similar experience um, about a year ago, maybe a little bit longer, about 18 months ago, when I was driving northbound up the highway and there was a fire that was in the middle, the median street. Yeah. And again, it would have been someone flicking a cigarette butt because you see it all the time. It's really bad. If you're a smoker, just keep your butts in the car. It's really yeah. bad. Anyway, so I flicked a cigarette butt and there's a fire in, in the middle. And it was pretty well established at this point. So I've called the fire brigade. Mm. And again, I don't know if it's, um, you know, I'm sure they have heaps of people uh, who are taking these calls, but they hadn't heard anything about it. Wow. So it's like, you're, you're on the M1. You're literally talking tens of thousands of cars would have driven past this thing. And I'm sure that other people called, but maybe they didn't. Like yeah, maybe yeah, I was yeah. the only person who actually yeah. made a phone call. Yeah. Right? So... So do something. Do something. Yeah, because act. you doing something, it might inconvenience you for half a day, but it might mean the world to someone else who, who is in need. Or could save someone. Yeah. And and what was really surprising to me in this accident is those people hadn't even got out of the cars yet. Yeah. Like yeah. they're still in the car, so they could have been in some real now, luckily it looked like a relatively low speed accident. Yeah. Um, but you don't know what position they're in. No. That one of the cars, all the airbags are deployed. Right. Yeah. So that's obviously pretty major. Right. Yeah. Um, you don't know if they've got a baby in the back of the car. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So so, it it could be absolutely life changing for someone, mm-hmm. and all you have to do is act. And and I agree with you. Follow the correct course. Keep a level head. Just safety first. Yes. So the like I used to work as a safety supervisor. The first rule of safety is. Before you can help anyone else, mm. you need to keep yourself safe. So, you know, if you are getting out on the middle of a road, you know, you do need to have probably your car parked in a spot where you know it's actually going to yep. give you some protection. Have the hazard lights on. Yeah. Like, um, you know, assess your surroundings. Make sure that there's no power lines down. Make yeah. sure that, you know, they're like, you got to assess the people that you're dealing with as well. Someone might be enraged or something like that. Yeah. Like, you do... You need to be careful, mm. but again, we don't. We're not saying you need to actually physically get out and of the car and go and do something. You might sit in your car with the windows locked and call the police or call an ambulance or call a fire brigade. And go, hey, there's been an accident. Yeah, that can be you doing something. Yeah, but the key is do something. Yeah, because I guarantee you, if you do something, then ninety five percent of the other people haven't done anything because you're that you're that five percent that's actually yeah. gone and done. What's something. that? What's that um, biasy called? So it's called the bystander effect. The bystander um, effect. But it it stems from a diffusion of responsibility. responsibility. Interesting. So in other words, if you look around and there's more people around, chances are no one else is going to do something yeah. about it because it's a psychological phenomenon that, that human beings do. Interesting. Because we just think someone else is going to do it. And yeah, it makes sense. Mm. You see someone else. And, like, I thought like, there was people on their phones looking at it and I, I assumed that they were... Yeah, no. And unfortunately, in the day and age that we live, most of them are probably filming it and put it up on their social media for likes. Yeah. 
you know? Yeah, interesting. So yeah, that's that's definitely something that we want to do. Help someone else out. Like yeah. do, just do something. Do something. Be safe, but do something. Yeah. So I didn't want to speak about that. Yeah, oh, appreciate it. Cool, that's good. All right, guys. So 2021, obviously we spoke about goals and stuff last week. So make sure you're actually doing what you said you were going to do. We will keep you accountable. You can keep us accountable as well. And on that note, are we on the um, audio platforms? No, we're not. So I got a really bad bout of tonsillitis and ruined Christmas. Yeah. And I'm on my last day of hectic antibiotics today. Yeah. So that is my goal for this week. I'll sort that out this week because, yeah, I literally couldn't show up for Nate's first Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Um, But, yeah, definitely get up on the audio platforms. Again, like Alex said, if you want to get a YouTube subscription, you can listen to the stuff in the car and just lock your phone. Yep. uh, Off YouTube uh, because the audio quality is going to be the same now. Hope you guys enjoy the new audio quality as well. Yeah, we didn't get any... I don't think there were any comments about the audio. No, the, the one comment that we got from last week was about the thumbnails which was uh, from Josh, thank you Josh, about he likes the parody photos that we do the best. Yeah, the, I like them too. Yeah, for sure. So we just need to get creative. Yeah. Mm. But guys, thank you very much. Thank you for uh, joining us in 2020 and helping us get started. And we're looking forward to having a big 2021 before Let's thrive in 2021. Let's thrive. That's the key word. Cheers guys, we'll see you next RDA. See ya.